Well, we are in a series called Love Actually. And we started it about two weeks ago with Pastor David taking us through uh, Luke chapter 5 where the paralytic man was carried by his friends and the roof was torn apart and he was lowered down to be at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus told him that the faith of your friends has made you whole and he forgave his sins. And we thought and talked about belonging, how belonging to a community literally can change and transform your life. And so today we want to think and talk about becoming, to become um, something new, something different. Um, and so we want to think through that together from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. But before we get into the passage, let's pray for a quick second. Dear God, we thank you that we have life today. God, we are grateful that you have sustained us through another week, that you've kept us. Lord, I pray that as we enter into your word, that you would do a work, that you would plant seeds in us, seeds that would take root, that we would find good ground, and that a harvest, that a fruitfulness would come about from this truth. And so, Lord, do something in us, we pray, through the power of the Spirit. Do something miraculous, supernatural, that only you can do. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So in college, I got introduced to a term that has stuck with me for the last decade. And I want to introduce you to an anthropological term. It's from the field of anthropology. And it's the term liminality. Liminality. Uh, and what it means is that you were at one point and you're in between something else that's coming. Liminality. When you live in liminality, you live in the in-between or in the betwixt, as they might say. And so many times this phrase, this anthropological term has been applied to um, people who are going through uh, bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs or a walkabout. It's a becoming moment. It's a time of transition. It's a time, uh, an age of becoming story. Think of it um, in, in the aboriginal uh, place in, in Australia, they have something called the walkabout. And during the walkabout, uh, boys and sometimes girls uh, as young as 12 or 11 uh, go out and they go on a journey. And during this journey, they, they learn to come to themselves. It's an age of discovery. It could be for a few weeks. It could be for a few months. And they go out by themselves to do this thing. And in the walkabout, when they come home, they are celebrated as adults. Then you know maybe of bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs. You've been to one possibly uh, where men, where young boys become men and young women become, uh, young girls, excuse me, become young women. Uh, and they are recognized by their community as having grown up. Well, that whole stage of adolescence is understood to be something called liminality. Uh, also, you can apply liminality as to to. Uh, when you think of a, a couple who's been dating, but now they've become engaged, it's the in-between part before they get to marriage. So they're in this liminal space. 
All I'm trying to say is that in that liminal space, in that in-between space, they are at a process of becoming something new, something different, something changed. And this also happens in our Christian walk. In our Christian walk, we find ourselves living in a liminal space, in an in-between, in a transition point. And so today, when we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, I want you to have that in mind, this transition, this becoming, this transformation. It reads like this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Got three simple points for you. Uh, and it, it simply is this. We are becoming new. We are becoming reconcilers. We are becoming ambassadors. We are becoming new. Verse 17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The first question we got to ask ourselves is, do we in fact belong to Christ? Because we don't start out belonging to Christ. We are created and formed by God, right, in our mother's womb and then born. But have we become a new person? We can't become something new without first belonging to Christ. The man who was brought to Jesus, he had not belonged to Christ and therefore could not be new until the faith of his friends had made him whole. And so for us, we have to start there with this question of do I truly belong? As we're in this new part of the year, as everyone makes their resolutions or thinks or reflects about what will be the future of 2022 for them and thought and reflected on the past of 2021, you have to ask yourself, do I belong to Christ? And what does it mean to belong to Christ? Is it simply showing up to a worship gathering on Sunday? Is it simply singing some songs? Is it opening your Bible? Is it praying? I think it's more. I think to belong to Christ means that you have submitted and surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. To be surrendered and submitted to the Lordship of Christ means that you say, hey, my will is not my own, but it is the will of God the Father. So that is how we belong to Christ. But once we belong to Christ, we can become something new. You see, and before you can realize or be something new, you have to realize that you've been something old. That sin and its power has made you decrepit and weak spiritually before a good God. That sin has shaped your life and you've been formed and shaped in iniquity, as the scriptures say. 
but you have the opportunity in Christ to be something new. Second half of verse 17 says, the old life is gone and a new life has begun. I think about a race that when people are beginning a race, a marathon or a sprint, that when they take off, uh, they, they may not give all of their power, right? And so they are, they're moving along at a certain pace and they're running. Something, a new life has begun, a new moment has dawned. And so for you in your faith walk, you may be new in Christ or you may have been following Jesus for 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life. But I still say to you, there is more newness ahead of you. No matter where you find yourself on the faith walk or journey of Jesus, that you can and are becoming new. The scripture tells us that in 1 John, tells us in 1 John chapter 3, that we are becoming like him. You see, that's a process of continual liminality. It's a process of continual becoming and changing and shaping. Every day, Damaris gets to become new in Christ. Every day, you, if you have put your trust in Jesus, get to become new in Christ because every day is new mercies provided for you. Verse 18 says, and all of this is a gift from God. James chapter one, verse 17 says that there is um, no gift, good gift that God withholds from us. You see, this is the gift that he offers us that no matter how we've messed up, no matter how broken our relationships may be in our friendships, in our marriages, with our children, that he still offers newness to us we can still be made new from day to day. It's a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Gotta always go to Genesis chapter three. I don't know if you're like me and you start or attempt like I always do every year. I attempt to start in Genesis. Man, and by the time I sometimes get the first Chronicles with those long names that I can't pronounce, I lose it. But in Genesis chapter three, we are told the story of the fall of creation. We are told the story of how man became hostile to God, how we became rebellious against a good and perfect God. But here we see in this scripture in verse 18, it says, who brought us back to himself, that God endeavored to reach out to us, to you and to me, and to bring us close, although we had decided to distance ourselves from him. But it's good news. It's grace upon grace that he has endeavored to send his one and only son so that we might be brought close, so that we might feel his affection and his love and his warmth. He's brought us to himself through Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus Christ was sent, he became the incarnate God. He took on flesh and he dwelt among us and he stayed with us. And he, by doing that, lowering himself, 
brings us close to God the Father. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. What's reconciling? What is reconciliation? Uh, not too long ago, I was thinking through uh, this, this idea of reconciliation. What does it look like? I, I think about South Africa and apartheid that, uh, that happened there up through the 90s. And to be reconciled means for there to be friendly relations. Another way to say it is, is that the hostility has been moved, that rebellion has been quashed, and there has now been a friendliness, a familiarity that has been brought about, and that's reconciliation. You see, we are becoming, if we are believers in Jesus, we are becoming reconcilers. That is our purpose. That is our, our opportunity that we've been given by God to be reconcilers. For verse 19 says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Going back to uh, thinking about South Africa and apartheid. Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, just passed away um, this year. And um, he had a way of, with words, he had a way of not only speaking and proclaiming the good news of Jesus and the justice of Jesus, but he had a way of demonstrating reconciliation. This black man kissed by son, by the son and God's beautiful nature that he had chosen to not have hostility in his heart against his white folks in his country, but he chose to be a reconciler. He chose to take on this reconciliation task that has been passed on from Christ to him. John chapter 20, verse 21, verse 20, chapter 20, verse 21 says that uh, the father has sent me, therefore I am sending you. He sends us with this message the message of reconciliation. He sends us with this message to the world. And, but first, we have to hear it. We have to hear that we ourselves need to be brought back into friendly relationships and warmth with God the Father. And then we can, too, make that known to the world. So we are becoming reconcilers. Verse 20 says, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us and we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You see, we are becoming not only new, we are becoming not only reconcilers, but we are becoming ambassadors. Anytime I think about uh, ambassador, being an ambassador, uh, I think about you serve at the purpose and the pleasure of the one who sent you, right? You don't get to uh, bring your own message. You don't come with your own story. You don't come with your own agenda, but you serve at the pleasure and for the purpose of the one who sent you. And the one who has sent us is God. God has made us a sent people to 
the rest of the world who does not know him. We are to be his ambassadors. We carry a message not only of reconciliation, but we carry the message proclaiming, pleading, begging even, come back to God. Come back to God because we have been far off. I think about Luke chapter 15. Maybe you know the story, the story of the sheep. Oh, the sheep, the lost sheep. Uh, And Jesus is telling this parable to a listening audience and crowd. And he tells them, he says, there was a sheep. There was a hundred sheep and one sheep. He ran away, but I left the 99 and went after the one. You see, this is a shepherd's crook. This is a staff. And with this staff, a shepherd would reach out to save to restore a sheep. He is willing to do the same with us, right? Because, and with this same idea of him being willing to reach out, to save, to rescue, that is the message we carry as ambassadors. That Jesus, uh, in himself, him coming, taking on flesh, that he is reaching out to rescue This is our message. This is the reconciliation. This is how we plead with folks to come back to God. But also in Luke chapter 15 is the story of the prodigal son. It is the story of a young man whose father um, had loved him well and cared for him well, but all he wanted was his father's riches. And he wanted to go and do his own thing. He wanted to go out and test out the world in, uh, in all of its grandness. And what he found is that the world was fleeting, that the world was not satisfying, that it was not enough to fill up the void in him. And so he found himself in the trough eating with pigs. And one day he endeavored to go back home. And what was it in Luke chapter 15? What did he find? He found the open arms of his father. You see, Luke chapter 15 tells the story of a lost coin and lost sheep and a lost son. And all of that is to tell us that we can be reconciled, that we can be brought close, that we can have new life. And this is the story. This is the truth that we get to rehearse and tell ourselves, but also that we get to herald to the rest of the world and it never gets old because it is a sustaining story. It is a re-energizing and reviving story. It is our narrative, our meta-narrative. So today I want to invite you that if you don't know Jesus, if you are still living in an old way of life, and not yet have accepted a new way of life. I want you to know that the hand of the Lord is not too short to save. That he will rescue you. That he can reach you wherever you are with whatever you've done. Whatever you've thought. However you've acted. He can reach you. And he can rescue you. But also I want to invite you today that if you know Jesus... I want to invite you to become not only a reconciler, not only an ambassador, but to become outwardly focused. I want to tell you the story in John chapter four. And if you get a chance to read that this week, there's there's 42 verses in John chapter four, but it's beautiful. 
because we find Jesus as he's walking, doing his Jesus thing, walking as he goes with his disciples. His disciples go off to do something and he goes and sits by a well. And as he sits by a well, a woman passes by. This woman does not know who he is, does not know what majesty and royalty is in her presence, but he asks this woman for a drink from the well. And this woman complies. But as she's drawing up the bucket of water, Jesus is having a conversation with her. You see, she's a Samaritan while he's a Jew. And the two are divided socially based off of custom and culture. There's racism there. There's uh, ethnicity uh, issues there. And so Jesus defies all of that and engages her nonetheless. And when he engages her, he begins to tell her that you may be thirsty for something that I have. He says that I have living water that I want to give to you. She ponders this. How is this possible? How can I have water to, that I will be able to drink that will quench me, uh, quench my thirst for the rest of my life? Well, he goes on to say that he is the Messiah and she puts her trust in him. She becomes new. Pay attention to this. She becomes new. But then what this Samaritan woman who had several husbands and had lived a life that was frankly not pleasing to God, he makes her new. And then she takes off into town to tell people all around her that, hey, I met a man at a well and he offered me living water. She begins to become a reconciler. And not only is she becoming and made new, not only is she become a reconciler, but she also becomes an ambassador. She begins to herald the gospel truth that there is a Jesus, there is a God who will reach and rescue you wherever you are. And she begins to tell her story of how he had impacted her life. And so today, this woman from John chapter four, she exemplifies for us that we can be made new, that we can immediately become reconcilers and we can immediately become ambassadors. We don't have to wait to have the gospel proclamation right line by line. We don't have to wait to know all the scriptures. We don't have to wait to have everything figured out about our theology. We don't have to have our lives perfect. But right now, as you are, you can become an outwardly focused Focus, mission oriented, sent by God, reconciler and ambassador to the world. And in fact, you are desperately needed because God has chosen you to make plain his truth. That's a heavy, but also a really amazing thing that God has trusted you with his good news. Feel that today. And Commit to becoming new. Commit to becoming a reconciler. Commit to becoming an ambassador. But know that you are propped up by heaven. You are being redeemed by heaven for this work and this task. So even if you don't feel bold, even if you are nervous, even if you don't know who or how to talk, about this good news, 
It could start with, hey, I met a man who told me everything I had done wrong, but he reached out to me to make me new. Let's pray. Dear God, I ask that you would help us to become what you want us to be. God, I ask that you would work on our hearts and our minds. Lord, in this moment we sit and we wait for the Spirit to bring to mind people who we need to share the good news with. God, we're waiting in this moment for you to embolden us by the Spirit. God, we ask that you would give us a heart to reach the unreached. That you would give us the words and help them to form in our mouths as we speak the truth and as we live the truth. And God, I also pray for anyone who may be in this room or watching us online who don't know you, God, that you would draw them close to you. For you have sent your son for this purpose and this reason. That there might be a transformation, that there might be a becoming of the new. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.